0: Hi, this is John Harcher, and welcome to episode 29 of Keep On Grooving. We'll continue our look at the 1970 live performances by going back to the beginning of the tour in April at the LA Forum, working our way forward through Berkeley at the end of May. This was the first time Jimmy was able to premiere many of the new songs that he was working on for his next album, As well as adding two songs from the band Gypsies album into regular rotation in the set list. Episode 29 Jimi Hendrix Live 1970, April 25th to May 30th, the LA Forum through Berkeley. As we've mentioned several times, the construction of Electric Lady Studios in 1969 1970 caused a bit of a cash crunch for both Hendrix and his management, led by Mike Jeffrey. Adding to this issue was the fact Jimmy didn't have a lot of new material Reprise was able to release to generate income. Smash Hits proved to be extremely successful, but it was basically a stopgap measure to have something out there. The Band of Gypsies era from roughly November 1969 through January 1970 yielded an album, but that went to Capitol as part of their breach of contract settlement, Had Reprise tried to fight it on the ground, Jimmy got a dollar for it, maybe things might have worked out differently, but I guess they had their reasons. So the truest and quickest way to generate income was live performances. This was Jeffrey's fallback position all the way back to the early days of the Animals, which may have partially led to their breakup. Once the Band of Gypsies came to an end, it was time to figure out how to proceed. We've often mentioned Mike Jeffrey's dream was just to get the experience back together. So he arranged for Jimmy Mitch and Null to do an interview for Rolling Stone. It sounded promising, but Jimmy really wanted Billy as his bass player, even though he'd gone back to Nashville again. So Jimmy called and swore things would be different this time. And Billy, good friend that he was, said, like a fool, I came back again. But in some ways, it was different than when he first came a year earlier. They did have a load of songs they'd worked on both before and during the Band of Gypsies. They did a few recording sessions to work on some new songs, including Freedom. We'll go into more detail on this, say it with me, once the Electric Lady studio set comes out. With the wealth of material they had to do in the studio, they came up with a unique plan live shows would be mainly restricted to the weekends only, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They'd fly out, do the shows, and come back to New York and work on the album during the week. Recording would take place at the record plant until their studio was ready. It wasn't an optimal situation, but it was something. Plans were made to record the band's appearance at the University of California at Berkeley at the end of May for a possible album or film. There was also another film on the horizon, but, you know, We'll talk about that again when the time comes. Now, like last episode, we'll go over each concert. Almost all of them are readily available out there. We may not go over each one song by song, but we'll definitely highlight certain shows and performances of note. The tour opened at the L.A. Forum on April 25th, 1970, almost exactly one year to the day from when The Experience played there in 1969. It's not only significant as the first show of this tour, but it was also among the first bootlegs. The show was not professionally recorded like the one the year before, but there were definitely people in the audience taking care of that aspect. Once Jimmy passed, one came out from Rubber Dubber Records with a blank white cover with just the words, Jimi Hendrix Live at the Los Angeles Forum, April 25th, 1970. This show would be the first where a number of the songs Jimmy was working on would get a live tryout. Plus, as mentioned, a couple of the band of Gypsy songs from the previous month's album worked their way into regular rotation. Spanish Castle Magic kicks off the show, and the boys sound pretty good right off the bat for not having played together live for almost eight months. Foxy Lady follows, short and crisp. Jimmy introduces the next song as Getting Your Brother's Shoes Back Together. It's really Lover Man, and it's interesting he chooses a title for it very similar to his other live staple that hadn't been released as a studio version. Charles Shaw Murray, in his book, Crosstown Traffic, reads into the title even further and links it back to slavery and men not staying around. I think it was just Jimmy having a little bit of fun. This is also the version where Jimmy debuts the Flight of the Bumblebee section in the solo. Now to go along with the previous song, the bootleg lists Hear My Train of coming under its older name, Getting My Heart Back Together Again. It's a really forceful version very similar to the one that would be played at Berkeley. Message of Love had its non banded gypsies debut here. You know, the Woodstock one I call Message to the Universe. It's same song, but different. This one tacks pretty closely to the banded gypsies version. Another song premiered during the banded gypsies run, Easy Rider, debuts here in a quick version, barely longer than the studio one that would come out on Cry of Love. Mitch came up with a unique drum riff as an opening that would continue on with every other version through the rest of the year. Mitch also got to contribute his version of Machine Gun Next where he gives it more of a funereal sound on the snare drum rather than the thunderousness of Buddy's playing. The next selection was a giant medley that ran over 20 minutes. Room Full of Mirrors starts off and yeah, Jimmy does not quite nail the opening and Mitch can't quite keep up. Considering this was the first time that a quick version was done, it's understandable. Still a really tough song. The debut of Hey Baby was next, complete with a minute long extended intro. A lot of very nice little segments in here with some interesting playing on the outro, a very promising debut. Villanova Junction returns for the first time since Woodstock in a very samba esque version. Mitch then takes his drum solo for around four minutes, pretty long for him before Jimmy starts noodling back in. He then breaks into Freedom, which has a very enthusiastic reaction from the crowd. Maybe this is one of the reasons why he kept the song in the set all the way through the end of the year. The Star Spangled Banner was up next. The Woodstock film had just been released in March, so the actual performance of the song could now be heard by the general public. The soundtrack to the film, though, would not be released for another month, but the audience seemed to be expecting Jimmy to do it, so word must have gotten around. Plus, he'd been doing it for about a year and a half by that point, so anyone who'd seen him before wouldn't be surprised by his appearance. The transition to, into Purple Haze is a little hiccupy. He goes to do it, then stops, then starts over again, and then gets the song going. Before the finale, Jimmy does an extensive tune-up. He really must care for their ears. Well, the Cowboy is the only one to stay in tune anyway, so. The show ends with Voodoo Child, this time without the scratch opening. It's pretty concise in the 78-minute ballpark and does end with a little teeth playing. All in all, a very successful return to the road after 10 months off. The guys played well together, the new songs were well done and well received, and Jimmy seemed in good spirits. It is disappointing the show was not professionally recorded, but as mentioned, there's a lot of audience recordings out there and numerous people have done their own mixes of the best of them. The next night they headed up the coast to Sacramento. set list was basically the same as the night before with the exception of Hey Baby, Hammerhead Train Common and Message of Love. The songs were just jumbled around a little bit. Loverman opens the set and Extended Spanish Castle Magic segues nicely into freedom. Machine Gun gets the Hey Baby-esque intro. Foxy Lady is a quick one. Jimmy does a little better job with the room full of mirrors intro, but is still tricky. Uh, Easy Rider is done in a compact version. Purple Haze is next. Now here is where it takes on the form it would the rest of the year with that added little arpeggio notes during the verses. I thought he had started doing that in L.A., but it was the usual arrangement there. Now, oddly enough, the Star-Spangled Banner follows Purple Haze to my out, and then it goes into Voodoo Child again without the scratch opening, but with the T playing ending. Very quick show, 10 songs in 50 minutes, but still enjoyable. The next weekend, the band headed up to the Midwest, Don't You Know? First up was Milwaukee on May 1st. Again, the set list was basically the same, though this is the rare one thousand, nine hundred and seventy show without Machine Gun. Spanish Castle Magic was one of the longer ones, around eight minutes. Loverman was Loverman. Here, My Train to Come and had more of a 1969 feel to it. Easy Rider was well done. They tended to keep it short early on. Freedom goes awry in the middle of the song when it sounds like Jimmy breaks a string. The guitar goes out of tune quickly. Lost attention will do that. So Billy and Mitch vamp it up until he can get it fixed. And as he often did when something went wrong in the middle of a song, he just started over. "Message of Love" gets a spoken word intro as being from the band Gypsies album and performs smoothly. The finale was the hit section: "Foxy Lady," "Star Spangled Banner," "Purple Haze," and "Voodoo Child." Still without the scratching intro. Over and done in about an hour the next night they headed to the capital of wisconsin madison he brought back fire as an opener Roomful of mirrors has its intro done pretty well for once but it has an odd ending when it winds down really quickly they do an epic rendition of here my trainer coming that comes close to the berkeley one in intensity and overall performance overman is good as usual but mitch comes in a little early Red House comes back into the set list, done similar to the best of the 1969 versions, down to the last line ad libs. Message of Love is stellar from start to finish with an interesting, quiet ending. Easy Rider is sharp. Machine Gun follows, and it includes for the first time the later edition Yonder Sands a Mother Verse, at least some version of it. The audience recording is a little muddy. This blends right into the Star-Spangled Banner, which then blends right into Foxy Lady, a little on the slower side compared to the last couple of outings. Voodoo Child picks up, still without the scratching intro. Mitch kicks in with a drum solo, then they clumsily move into Purple Haze, but get it together quickly to end the show. Almost a full hour and a half performance, the band is doing well. On Sunday, it was up to the Twin Cities to watch some of Ted Baxter's newscasts before their show that night in St. Paul. Fire is back in the rotation as the opener. Some technical difficulties delay things a bit before the next song room full of mirrors. Jimmy doesn't even try it on a whole run up the neck, and he has a hard time getting the song going overall. Loverman is okay, a little clunky. The band gets back on track with a solid Here My Train A Common that does sort of peter out at the end. Easy Rider is solid and compact. Machine Gun has the you understand a mother verse in there again. The audience tape then picks up Freedom from kind of the middle of the first verse, and it cuts in and out, so you can't really judge too well if this was a good version or not. They tended to have been going okay, so this is probably the same. The song cuts out at the end, but I can't tell it's from Jimmy ending it or the tape running out. It sounds like he's going to head into Spanish Castle Magic, but does Foxy Lady with an extended feedback intro. He does a relatively short version of Red House, about seven minutes. The finale, of Star Spangled Banner, Purple Haze, with a few extra beats during the intro, and a very short voodoo child with no scratching and a false start, finish off the night. This is probably the weakest of the show so far due to some technical issues, but they made the best of it. The next night back in New York, the band did a short set at a Timothy Leary benefit. It consisted of Hear My Train, A Coming," Freedom, and Red House. There doesn't do appear to be any audio of it out there, but there is a short film. It's a little over a minute long. Jimmy also helped out Leary on his album, You Can Be Anything You Want This Time Around, albeit without his knowledge. Alan Douglas got a hold of the Woodstock jam Jimmy, Stephen sills and Buddy Miles did back in September 1969, put a Leary speech over top of it, and called it Live and Let Live. Of course, there were no credits on the album, so no residuals, but considering he did this benefit, he'd probably been somewhat okay with it. The next weekend, they headed out to the old west and cowboy country. First stop was at the University of Oklahoma at Norman. The show starts with a unique version of Fire. It opens with a Little Mitch drum solo. Jimmy does have the opening riff a couple times before kicking into it. Halfway through the song, Mitch does a longer drum solo. Once the song ends, it's over eight minutes, making it, as far as I know, the longest version of the song. A relatively short but fierce Spanish castle magic follows. Then comes Machine Gun, with a reference to that week's events at Kent State in Ohio. The song has the Hey Baby-esque intro, but longer than its previous incarnation, before moving into a unique finish before the main song starts. We also get the fully formed Yonder stanza mother verse for the first time in a live context. A lot of fans consider this one among the best he ever did, comparing it favorably to the album version. Loverman's done slower than usual, more like the 1968 and 69 versions. Foxy Lady is barely the length of the studio version, but well done. Not in the Maui League, but good for its length. Next is a relatively short but forceful version of Hear My Train A Comin'. Message of Love is also on the short side, but powerful. Red House is one of the eight-minute versions. The finale of The Star-Spangled Banner, Purple Haze, and Voodoo Child is solid, though the tape runs out about four minutes into the final song. But a solid show overall, with Machine Gun being a particular highlight. The next night, it was down to Fort Worth. Now, the tape on this one is really bad, so I'd put this one down as for completest. Only, and even then, only after you've heard practically every other tape out there. Here's the set list as to compare it with, you know, all the other shows he was doing. Sounded like everything was done okay, but you you just can't tell specifics from this tape. So, it was Fire, Loverman, Hear My Trainer Comin', Foxy Lady, Full of Mirrors, Red House, Freedom, Easy Rider, Machine Gun, Star Spangled Banner, Purple Ace, and Voodoo Child. Still without the scratching intro, uh, no message of love this time out. Next, it was Sunday in San Antonio, set list mostly the same as the night before, but no Loverman, which was actually kind of rare at this point. The tape on this one isn't great either, but it's a little clearer than Fort Worth. Fire and Foxy Lady are strong. Machine Gun is a little earlier in the set than usual. Freedom is among the better versions of the ones done so far. He just can't ever get the words right. Red House is pretty short, barely over seven minutes long. Message of Love is also on the shorter side, around four minutes. Here My Trainer Come follows the pattern, coming in around seven minutes, though it does sound like he cuts it short. Jimmy then wants to go right into Easy Rider, but then realizes Mitch has to do the usual opening, so (laughs) he stops and lets Mitch do that. Roomful of Mirrors stumbles on the intro run, but recovers quickly. And has a short flamenco-type ending. The Star-Spangled Banner and Purple Haze are well done. But Voodoo Child ends about two-thirds of the way through the song. He just kind of cuts it short and finishes the show. Not sure what happened there. Now, the following weekend, they only had one show at Temple University in Philadelphia. Uh, and it has an interesting opening. Jimmy introduces Sgt. And Peppers, and they do a quick one-minute version. This then segues right into Johnny B. Good, done for the first time. He dedicates the next song, Machine Gun, to the revolutionaries in Philadelphia and cats fighting wars within themselves, a you know, the line he used quite a lot. The tape for Lover Man is missing about half the song, but the 1970 versions were pretty set. This one sounds a little slower paced, but sounds good. The tape for Foxy Lady cuts out right before the song ends. It was a Maui-ish type version. Red House was in the seven-minute category. We only get a little snippet of freedom on the existing tapes out there, mostly the little breakdown jam that's, oddly enough, edited out of the studio version, but it's here in its fully formed glory. The tape comes back in towards the middle of fire. sounded pretty enthusiastic. A very slow but short hammer trying to come and follows. The tape cuts in and out, but when it's back, he then starts singing the keep-on-grooving lyrics to the end of the song. Kind of different. Purple Haze comes right in after the intro and melds right into Voodoo Child, which ends the show. No message of love or easy writer this time out, at least on the tapes we have. It's a pretty choppy show recording-wise, but what's there is interesting. Shows the following weekend were set for Cincinnati, St. Louis, and Evansville, Indiana, but they ended up being canceled due to Jimmy not feeling well. This allowed him time to recover in time for the big show on the schedule. Somewhere along the way, Mike Jeffrey made a deal to have two shows at the University of California's Berkeley campus on May 30th recorded and filmed for possible use later. Like the shows recorded in 1969, they hired Wally Hyder's unit to do the sound, but had their own engineer, Abe Jacobs, do the actual recording. Peter Polifian was hired as director and had his camera crew out recording whatever they could. The shows would be performed at the Berkeley Performance Center, which held a whopping 1,000 people. Needless to say, the audience for this could have filled an arena 20 times that size. And concerning how tension-filled Berkeley had been for years and now on the heels of Kent State, things could blow up at any second. So to pacify the sizable crowd that couldn't get in, Jacobs opened the doors of his recording truck and let the music play out of the speakers in the back. It was at least something to calm them down. To make sure the band was in tight playing form, they decided to do a lengthy rehearsal session that was both recorded and partially filmed. Here's what's out there in recorded form. A spirited message of love, unfortunately we don't have the intro, heads into Blue Suede shows, as you can hear on In the West. A stop and start Hey Baby follows. They take two runs at Earth Blues, which hadn't been done since the Band of Gypsy shows. A minute of Room Full of Mirrors with a rough intro. Two minutes of Villanova Junction that morphs in to keep on grooving, then back into the main part of Villanova Junction. Freedom gets an extended workout, and no, he doesn't get the words right here either, and a Power of Soul machine gun combo of sorts. Power of Soul is interesting to hear Mitch do his take on it. There's a great little section in the film with Jimmy doing Easy Rider, which we don't have the audio recording of, and it focuses on his foot playing the wah-wah pedal. So if you want to know how to get these sounds, here's our instruction manual. Vox wah pedals have the switch in the front. Now, I have a wah pedal myself. Mine is in the back. So you end up thinking differently of how to end a solo. You know, what sound do you want as, the, as it's ending as you shut the wah sound off. Most of these songs are <clears throat> out there. Some aren't. So you may need to resort for the B-word, bootleg, for some of these. The first set is a little harder to come by as well so as many of the tracks have appeared on albums in various forms, so you can't just go posting them up on the net due to copyright issues. The show opens with Fire, which is on the Sacred Sources album with Carlos Santana. It's a little ragged, not as tight as some of the other versions they've done earlier in the month, but Jimmy sounds like he's having fun, and it starts to come together as the song goes on. They follow this with Johnny Be Good." what the hell? This is on so many different compilations, starting with In the West, and for good reason. It's probably one of Jimmy's 10 best live performances. He just grabbed a hold of a song everybody knows and kind of turns it into his own. Now, how could you possibly follow this? By coming up with the definitive performance of the two-and-a-half-year-old chestnut Hear My train a Coming. This version is similar to the best Red Houses as it has several movements where Jimmy does one type of playing, then moves on to another, then on to another. A consummate performance that, like Machine Gun, was never really equaled in the studio. Its appearance on Rainbow Bridge only solidified its reputation. Foxy Lady is next and it sort of splits the difference between the fast and slow versions. It's a little on the loose side, not as tight as Maui. Machine Gun starts a little slow, then gets very intense in the middle, but kind of winds down a little quietly. It's a little strange. Freedom, which appeared on a bonus CD with the UK version of the Jimmy Plays Berkeley VHS tape, gets an extended workout this time out, around four and a half minutes worth. Red House is a shorter one, around seven minutes, and it appears on West Coast Seattle Boy. Message of Love, another song from Sacred Sources, is ragged at the start but finishes nicely. Easy Rider appears here as the longest version of the song ever done. The question is, how long is it? If you hear it on Band of Gypsies 2, it's over eight minutes long, almost nine. On the UK Berkeley CD included with the VHS, it's a little over seven minutes. Why did they decide to cut it down when they had the whole disc to themselves? The twofer of the Star-Spangled Banner and Purple Haze appear in the Jimmy Plays Berkeley film, and Purple Haze made the soundtrack to the 1973 film. It's a pretty typical version, but Jimmy hiccups the end of the second verse. The show ends with Voodoo Child. It sounds like he's about to bring the song to a close around eight minutes in, but he ramps up everything again, and it goes on another three minutes. He goes out of tune somewhere in there, so it's not likely a version he'd wanted out there. Later that night at 10 o'clock, they do the second set. This is the one that was released in full back in 2003. It begins with Pass It On, an early embryonic version of Straight Ahead. It sounds really together, and it goes on for almost seven minutes. It's a shame he didn't use this as a studio song, as he's got a lot of different lyrics in there, that separate it from straight ahead it then moves right into hey baby making its return to the settlers for the first time since la again the song is very together for a new one then without stopping they go right into lover man the one from in the west then after a brief moment he kicks into stone free for the first time on the tour it's the revamped version he redid in 1969 and showed up on band's gypsies 2. but he still doesn't stop he goes right into hey joe then comes the first Issue of the night as the security speakers start coming through the amplifiers. It only happens right at the beginning, and the song recovers from there. This version kicks off side four Jimi Hendrix concerts, but to be honest, I'm not sure why. It's okay, but there's nothing really unique about it, plus the security transmissions mess up things for quite a bit in the middle there. The band takes a little breather before kicking into I Don't Live Today, the third song included on Sacred Sources. The opening is a little strange. Mitch starts up with the bass drums very quickly. I mean, then it's almost like he outruns his coverage and has to slow himself down and start over. But he's still quick, so when Jimmy starts the song, he dials it back to help Mitch match his pace. The song really wasn't done much on the 1970 tour. Maybe this album was kind of why, like, I don't know, Mitch seemed to be a little off on this. Next up is Machine Gun, my personal favorite version of the original Band of Gypsies one. It's similar to that one in that this just had everything coming together and working perfectly. And it also has the additional Yonder Sands Mother Motherverse. Again, you know, it's an official release and it sounds clear. So this is like an alternate to that. Next, Foxy Lady starts off well, but then Jimmy goes badly out of tune. And it sounds like he heads off stage to get it all fixed up now this version of foxy lady i can understand not releasing the star spangled banner is a little more melodic than usual before the fireworks start towards the end purple haze is a really quick one it's just over three minutes long the show ends as usual with voodoo child this version has the keep on grooving lyrics included in the middle section but still no scratching Overall, one of the best shows of the tour so far, even with the two minor hiccups. Now, remember back in like 1972, Eddie Kramer didn't think they could have made an album out of these recordings. From what I hear, this easily could have been a two-record set. Side one could have been Fire. I don't know, it's a little loose, but not too bad. Johnny B Good and Hammer Train are common. Side two could have been Freedom, Easy Rider, Star Spangled Banner, Purple Haze. Side three could have been the first four songs from set two, Pass It On, Hey Baby, Loverman, Stone Free. Then side four could have been Machine Gun and Voodoo Child. And that's not thinking about utilizing the rehearsals. Unfortunately, the album never happened, and the film was a bit, just jointed at barely 50 minutes long. The revamped version from 2012 is a little better, but it's still not the film it should have been. So overall, the first month back on the road was a pretty good run of shows. The new songs were generally well-received and performed tightly, though the intro to both Roomful of Mirrors and Message of Love proved to be a little tricky at times, and he never did get the words to freedom, right? The oldies were also done with enough gusto to overcome whatever boredom Jimmy may have had with them from time to time. Purple Haze got the little addition during the verses with the arpeggio, and Voodoo Child never had the scratch intro, which is odd. Machine Gun proved to be the highlight on many nights. I'd say LA and Berkeley were the best of the bunch. A lot of fans seem to enjoy Madison, and Temple has some interesting off-the-wall moments. Fort Worth may have been a good performance, but we just can't hear it. What would the next month bring? We'll find out next time. Next episode, we'll start going through the next batch of shows and see how far we get. We'll definitely get to Atlanta, and we'll see if we can go all the way out to Maui. If not, it'll be on another episode. Now, let me give you a complete, expanded list of our availability. As usual, we've been on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Turns out we've actually been on Stitcher quite a while. I wasn't sure about that, but had that confirmed. And now we've also been added to Overcast, Podvine, and Podcast Republic. So if you want to stick it to the man, you can try these guys and still get the same great podcast. I'm John Hartra. Thanks for listening.